Did you did you find yourself relating to one more so than the others or a couple more so than the other two? Yeah, I think the big thing for me was actually realizing the how it's maybe changed over the years at different phases of life. Mm. Uh, so you know, for example, the the warrior I'd found a lot probably over the last maybe not the last couple of years maybe two or three years before the last couple of years where it was head down get everything done uh you know work is uh you know paramount and forging a path in that direction with business and stuff and you know funny enough you did like looking back probably the other areas did suffer um you know probably you know the lover aspect probably suffered in the sense that like the lovers like appreciating the beauty of life and art and creativity and i suppose like sm- smelling the roses as you go that sort of thing where it's yeah, yeah it's like uh, enjoying the experience of life whereas the, when the warrior t- takes over you sort of forget about all that stuff that's probably useful for a period of time but then as they sort of talk about in the book when when the lover when you're not honoring that part of you it's the lover that's you know uh, the lover of life and stuff like that you get a bit you know burnt out and dejected and you you know think that there's not you know you forget about the the good things going on in life and to take take stock of things so yeah i found it that probably one point the warrior was probably too too um i don't know prominent but at the same time it served the purpose of that at that point of starting out the business and building it yeah um but yeah I'd find that's the two sort of the two main ones that i found balancing out found myself having to balance out a little bit more over the years uh i i, I found myself probably more prone like when you're talking about the aspects of each of them i found myself more drawn to being the magician type you know sort of the in a way a creative aspect where the lover was maybe appreciating creative aspects the, the magician is sort of creating things and coming up with ideas and making them work um so yeah i, I found myself being drawn to, to the magician side of things that's probably where my personality naturally would fall into um but that's what i found what about yourself yeah probably the the two most is probably the the magician and and the lover i would say i don't know i think in general i'm feel like i'm more inclined to go that way like i i, I like to romanticize things in a way uh, and like i can be quite emotional about things and kind of uh you know look into them a wee bit deeper and want to know like what what is that about why is that inspiring to me i'm, I'm curious getting curious about it but as you say, like the, the consequences of that is not, I suppose not accessing that that king and that warrior energy as much and not having the stable ground to stand on uh, and maybe being, you know, pulled more into the, not so, maybe not so much the, the, the shadow sides of, of the magician and the lover, but not having, yeah, not having that solid ground to stand on with those things that I'm interested in and not having a way to structure it and uh letting it just this be this thing that i that i romanticize so i feel like now obviously the last six months i've tried to do something for myself and learned a lot in that of like having that structure um and the yeah the previous sort of five years before that again it was working for someone else but definitely tapping into that sort of uh 
that hero energy of like, right, I'm starting here. How can I get to the next bit? How can I get to the next bit? How can I get to the next bit? Uh, and then outside of that, still trying to to figure out a way to to improve and, and keep going and keep going um and not yeah not having the i don't know what you would say the uh eh, what would you say yeah maybe not yeah like accessing that the 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 king side of things to, to take control of it um and put it in put it in place and 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 be be grounded in it you know yeah i think with the king aspect you know they nearly talked about it being like the overarching uh sort of overarching archetype archetype connecting the three other ones mm. where like the king was sort of taking the step back and looking at everything as a whole and i suppose like balancing the other three so the king more or less in the way they were saying it was the king's made up sort of of the warrior uh the magician and the lover and balancing all those three things but taking a step back and looking at right what where's the right way to go where's the uh what should i be working on now that sort of thing um mm. so it, uh, that's why i t- take it as the king is sort of looking at it on a on a broader spectrum to me it sounds like you're saying that the maybe the warrior side of it is something that you could be tapping into more and i think that's probably a a, a core trait of people who are creative uh is mm. that the that they're you know very much uh in tune with that lover aspect where it's you know uh you can become the dreamer like uh, you can become you know uh someone who thinks up great ideas and has yeah. great ideas but if you're not uh, able to tap into your, the warrior who's going to actually execute the stuff it can be a little bit difficult to get that over the line uh, yeah and i think with each you know with each of the archetypes king the warrior magician and the lover obviously he goes into Eight, they go into each of them where you can have too much of say for example the king and that sways you towards one direction you can have not enough of it which swings you towards another so like for the king uh, or for the warrior I would say it was the if you have too much of that warrior ethos, uh, ethos it's the you turn into like a sadist where it's nearly mm-hmm. like sacrificing yourself too much and you're like a glutton for punishment nearly but if you don't have enough of that warrior turn into like the masochist which you know could yeah. end up really putting you in a resentful spot where you're you know because you haven't been able to push out and through and, and see out your uh goals you sort of resent other people uh and turn into this bit of masochist that's nearly trying to tear other people down yeah so you know i think that's yeah. it, it, obviously <laughs> as much as you're talking with the warrior i don't think you've ever gone to that point like uh, <laughs> but at the same time it's it's just they're the two extremes that you that obviously make up each of the archetypes um, so I, I was thinking before coming on like you know there's these the, the they've obviously broken it up into the four four corners of the archetypes and it's like i was just wondering why why did we get this book in the first place like what what was it that that's drawn drawn us to it and it's like the, the, the sort of question they're trying to answer i suppose is what what does it mean to be a man like yeah and i think that's probably what we're we're searching for because like from where from where we come from there's a certain there's a certain stereotype that what a man is but to me i've kind of it it kind of 
it only maybe covers maybe one or two quarters and you don't get you don't get the other side as much yeah so i think that has you know what they kind of touch on is like that sort of crisis of masculinity and 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 boy psychology and and everything else is like to me that that's kind of a consequence of we haven't been actually taught this so we you, like you have to go and seek these kind of things out yeah i think so i think i know you mentioned you know where you're from and stuff like that but i think it's probably more of a and I sort of did talk about it, i think it's more of a consequence maybe of the times that yeah in, in modern life uh where you know the big point that they'd made sort of introdu- introduction was that we've lost the idea of uh, rich rituals bringing you in from boyhood to manhood where previously you might have been you know say in tribal uh tribal communities you would have been like t- physically taken out of your bed in the middle of the night and the men of the community would have taken you out and like put they would have put on like scary masks and all uh and mm. scared you in the middle of the night uh and you had the, they would have like taunted you and like poked you and pushed you until you fought back and they knew then when you started fighting back to them that's that was your initiation now you'd become a man whenever you're able to sort of mm. start fighting back against these uh, uh these men who of the community who dress up as monsters and tuck you from your home in the middle of the night so yeah. it's kind of like that's one example of uh, uh an initiation that a uh, ritual that they would have previously done you know whatever amount of years ago or maybe there is communities that still do that sort of thing now but once then they knew um that that that, that young lad let's say i think it was usually around like 13 years of age once the community knew that they had gone through that ceremony they now recognize them as like a, a part of the manhood as opposed to a boy uh but there's no real you know version of that today they talk about like pseudo initiations where it's like mm. being you know conducted into the army or in they talk about like in, in uh, big cities that there's like a some gang cultures that are pseudo initiations where you're brought into this gang and you have to do certain things to prove that you're a, a man as such uh where it might involve like you know literally going out and killing someone yeah so you know we've not under that's obviously the maybe the negative side of the initiations that they've taken but there's nothing that necessarily replaces what uh that purpose served before or what purpose they served before i i, I kind of found it though uh like coming into uh adult football like uh playing mm. football at senior level i found i fe- i actually felt that was a little bit of a uh initiation process for for me anyway because i do remember it was different things like you know you didn't like you did once you come onto the team from minor into senior like you didn't automatically get a seat in the change room i remember Mm. like you had to stand in the middle of the change room and change until someone like sort of offered you a seat (laughs) Uh, like things like that uh and then you know the senior lad in the team maybe giving you a shoulder and absolutely taking you out of it and, and sort of saying welcome to the senior team uh, yeah. that sort of thing uh, mm-hmm. not little things like that but I don't know if you know there are other rituals like that that, that take you from that you know that, that make a concrete step in the road of saying right now now you're sort of we're inducting you into into the community of men from boys mm, yeah um, I don't know whether that's like yeah like I suppose even like uh the loss of i suppose religion in a way 
of like not having that uh i suppose at like an, an elder or whatever something above yourself to to look up to and to and to idolize um like that was sort of what what people would have had like years ago more so it's probably a lot a lot less of a stronghold now um and you know that the i suppose like the the christian values or religious values were the things that people uh lived their lives through or by and followed mm-hmm. um whereas now there's a lot more i suppose yeah you would say like pseudo elders in a way or pseudo idols or false idols in a way to to look up to like either celebrities or like you know either it's maybe politicians or something like that but like where where do where do your values and where do your you know ideas come from um if they're not um if they're not coming from that traditional place i suppose and not that that's the thing but there seems to be people are taking more heed than you know celebrities and and everything else rather than the tradition sort of well yeah yeah i think that's right but i think i think you get glimpses of it in you know some good movies and stuff like that or maybe it's i don't know when i say that i'm trying to think of like a a movie that actually portrays like you know a a man as a man should be but the probably glimpses you may be getting it of is the likes of like superhero movies and stuff like that which like i don't know if he's a bit a bit infantile to like not against superhero movies but like it's not you know by definition the men that are portrayed in that aren't real you know aren't in the real world as such acting uh so yeah i, I don't know where you, where you get the, that. The, like the, the superhero movies are kind of now aimed at uh adult men rather than kids yeah and i'm not i'm not sure why that is is, is it like that the these adult men haven't grown up yet grow <laughs> haven't grown up yet or it might is i it, don't know like to me what's the better alternative like uh and maybe it maybe it's, i don't know there are movies out there that are better alternatives that it's you know not as you know supernatural and you know things like that like i'm I'm like the thing that comes to mind is like james bond i don't really Mm. know if that's like you know that maybe there's stereotypes along with him that maybe aren't as productive but at the same time that would have been something that would have been held up as like uh, an ideal man to aspire towards back back Mm -hmm. in the day when the movies were probably more popular um you know a guy going yeah. around i suppose fighting and yeah uh, i think like, she touch on it in the book um that it's he's he's not like i suppose the a fully integrated man he's got what you call the, the don don juan syndrome right where it's like he goes from one woman onto the next adventure same thing as sort of indiana jones mm. it's like yes you're you've got this sort of uh hero hero and warrior mentality but you can't experience a woman in in their fullness so you're just jumping from the next one to the next Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's uh it stems from the uh the mama's boy pole of the uh the eatable child shadow i suppose um that they haven't fully accessed the 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 lover in its fullness so they just go from one thing to the next yeah. um rolling down that sort of steady relationship I suppose it'd be the same thing like in in peter pan uh where he's like you know 
Wendy is like obsessed with him, but he goes to the to Neverland with all the lost boys, and there's another young woman there, and he gets distracted by her, and then Wendy decides, right, no, I'm going home to uh, the adult world where I can yeah. hold responsibilities and everything else, but he's just like, oh no, the next next yeah. adventure, next you know, cheap thrill or whatever. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe you know the the fully like integrated version of all if you were to get to, to the point where you're the fully integrated version of all the four archetypes it wouldn't be maybe it wouldn't be exciting enough for uh uh you know a movie or a a great story so maybe you know yeah maybe that's what it is maybe the only thing that's the main things things that are entertaining are like the extreme ends of one archetype so you know uh, you'll see movies obviously about the warrior uh you know where they're like i don't know gladiator or um yeah maybe james bond and, and different things like that where they're yeah they're they're real they're tapping into the warrior spirit there where they're going around fight, fighting the bad guys getting stuff done you know always on the rampage but yeah it wouldn't be as exciting if that they were tempered down by uh you know their their king archetype or their magician archetype and maybe just showing aspects of them is is more exciting and maybe that's just what it is but yeah i, I still think as the you know the four archetype balancing the four archetypes yourself is probably the goal uh but maybe mm-hmm. at different stages in your life you're tapping into the different ones and maybe utilizing those type of uh what would you call it inspirations at those times is mm-hmm. is the way to, to the way to do it um but yeah i i, I think yes I, I can't think of anything in the me, in media that would be like a, a culmination of the four archetypes and maybe but maybe some maybe the older stories like maybe like jesus was that mm. uh, i suppose yeah. in one way maybe he was maybe the warrior spirit wasn't as much in jesus but i suppose when you read the stories of him he did have to go and you know get the word out there about him, about himself and uh, what he was trying to say and he probably did have to force things uh, and tap into that at different times uh, so maybe that's what it is and maybe that's why that you know religions form around these characters is because they're um, balancing those those archetypes and energies yeah and I suppose like that yeah, as you said that this uh, the story of Jesus has been around that like that long that there's there's obviously something to it something archetypical to it um because again, it stood stood that test of time, um, and it's kind of like like stories of that nature that that take the same sort of arc, probably derive itself from that. Um, but like from as far as we know, that the story of Jesus that's the 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 most archetypal, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe that's it. Uh, I suppose at like a practical level of like what you got out of the book did you take it in a way that you, after rereading it this time maybe that you that you would now implement uh or that, that pointed out to yourself what you might uh change or what you what yeah i suppose what you want to work on um, yeah like i i've I seen i suppose like i would have assumed like I, I, the way i was saying at the start that i haven't really access the like the king and and that as much but looking back i'm like okay right the decisions that i've made to get to where i am now are probably they're they're they were pretty 
pretty good and pretty level-headed, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. But having, you know, time to reflect and, and look back, I'm like, right, okay, I've actually made a solid foundation for myself and a plan for the next couple of years. Um, and taking that is, it sort of gives you that confidence that you can, you're you're on the right path, you know? Yeah, I think you um, with the king though as well. The king's like, a, I think part of the king is you, you like, you, you probably don't get to that point in your 20s. Like I think mm. the, the king archetype maybe kicks in a little bit more in your 30s and 40s when you've uh, you've sort of went out and you've battled things and you've gotten your career up and maybe you've started a family and you've got a bit of power and a bit of influence and you know that's when maybe the king kicks in a little bit more because I know in the book they're talking about the, the real sort of struggle of the king is how to balance being you know a tyrant where you have all the power and are you going to just impose that on everyone and sort of try and uh bend everything to your will are you going to like you know force your children to do stuff and uh are you going to you know because you've maybe amassed a bit of influence are you going to make try and make everyone um follow what you say and think mm. like you think but balancing yeah. that then with the the, the weakliness to talk about of you know uh if you don't have enough of that king energy are you just going to let everything happen and you're just going to let everything go by the wayside so to me the king is like a balance of of power uh, an influence so uh, probably quite often for most people you don't get that until your 30s and 40s maybe and that's probably yeah. when the king archetype is a wee bit more uh important i think you know in your 20s probably the warrior is probably more important in your 20s uh where you're, you're getting stuff done you're sort of setting your setting your life up in a way that you want it to to be and obviously the magician's going to help out with that i think in the sense of like strategy and tactics and how you're going to do the thing and planning and you know learning how to work with people and how to um you know sell your ideas and stuff like that um mm. so yeah i think i think the king when you're talking to the king it's like maybe that's not maybe that's not something you need to be completely strong in you know right now yeah yeah that will that will that will come in in time as you kind of build the blocks of the others um as a, as a foundation i suppose mm. um i think the other thing i picked up it was just like it was like such a a simple thing that being sort of possessed by the trickster of like it, there was just three words in it is like envy blocks creativity so like when we're being possessed by uh the yeah the the, the trickster side of the of the magician shadow um we don't we kind of try and pull other people down or look you know look at what other people are doing and compare but that's what's blocking us from accessing the the magician in its fullness um i just thought that was good it's like it's just such, such a simple simple three words but the like some of the like the truest thing you'll you'll see you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah. you're trying to keep keep in mind, keep that in mind as, as a move forward as well nice yeah uh i'll put i'll put up on i guess screenshot of i have them here a screenshot of the the, the pyramids because we haven't obviously explained them and stuff but yeah the pyramids yeah. that have like the king at the top and then you know an excess of the king splits into like well like you could become the tyrant or a deficit of king king archetype you become a weakling uh, with the warrior archetype if you have too much of it you become a sadist which is basically like you know 
you're basically going out and killing for the sake of killing like in the you know in the in the case of an actual warrior but it could just be the case that you're just overworking yourself just for the sake of it you're trying to amass as much wealth as possible by any means necessary and stuff like that and the other side of that is not enough warrior energy is the masochist which is like just basically trying to tear everyone down so that your failure doesn't look as bad nearly uh a magician then uh, too much of the magician you become the detached manipulator where the mm. magician's able to get things done and strategize and you know play you know do that sort of thing so it could be easy for that person when they've amassed knowledge around psychology and how to manipulate people and how to work with people you can use that for good to get people to influence people to do good things or you become the detached manipulator who just manipulates people and doesn't feel any sorrow for doing it in the way that just uh, suits you and then the opposite side of magician is not enough of it is the, the denying innocent one which to me was like someone who's like um oh why me sort of or mm-hmm. i didn't do anything wrong uh you know yeah. I'm, I'm helpless you know i don't know how to work with people yeah. and uh, i don't know how to achieve my goals so uh, woe was me sort of thing mm-hmm. and then the lover then splits into the addicted lover which probably is like you know the james bond you're talking about uh, mm. whereas the addicted lover where like it's not one, one woman's never enough it's like that sort of thing but in the sense of just everyday life it's always just you know overindulging in the the finer things in life and because you like that sort of thing you you know you maybe never get anything done because all you want to do is listen to music and uh, mm. term pleasures yeah stuff like that indulging food and different things like that and that's an excess of the lover but the deficit of the lover is the impotent lover where you're probably you know you're not getting well obviously that is obvious connotations but Mm -hmm. in the sense of everyday life i'm not really sure maybe what what that is in the in the sense of everyday life um probably somebody can't access that that ability to enjoy life yeah like a lack of a of aliveness and sort of Mm. i would say maybe just passive of like oh i just uh, i don't feel like doing this don't feel like doing that and probably ends up you know anxious and and towards depression as well because you're just like what's what's the point that's that's kind of what i get from that yeah it's yeah it becomes what's the point in life and uh, mm. you know nothing's good and you know it's all just it's all just um yeah people manipulating each other is it what the word for what's the word for it uh, you become very cynical about life yeah. if you don't yeah. have a love for stuff Mm-hmm. so it was interesting now probably you know in first reading and probably looking at it it's it, it, it all does sound maybe a wee bit up in the air and a wee bit um fancy full and stuff we got talking about archetypes and that sort of thing but i really did find it uh practical and they, they were very straight talking with it you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't complicated language and you know obviously the concept of archetypes and and that sort of thing can be a wee bit hard to understand but I found them very, you know, very casual, casual sort of writing um, and understandable. Yeah, it's good. To, like I was actually watching a couple of videos beforehand. And it's like it was written 30 years ago as well. And again, just like, as you said, it's, it's really applicable to everything today as well. Um, and yeah, to me, it's like it's very simple. It's quite short as well. Yeah. Um, and they break it down in, into practical examples of like, you know, 
people you would see today and you can look and go it's like you can actually yeah. well mostly yourself as well because it's one of those books where you're like you love it but it's also like i've got a lot yeah. <laughs> i've got a lot to work on like oh you know. yeah it'll point out your flaws uh if you're willing yeah. to sort of engage with it like uh but it did like to give on the last chapter as well to give like a few practical things you can do to to help balance it out and again yeah. depending on i suppose how much of this sort of reading and stuff you've done before it might f- sound a bit woo woo and hippie-ish but again it's worth giving a try for anyone who who's who's found you know who finds the book interesting like uh yeah we talk about active imagination dialogue uh where you're sitting down you're just basically sitting down and like pretending you're talking to that archetype in yourself so like if you're finding that you're struggling with your magician archetype or whatever uh you basically just sit down and go right gonna pretend to have a conversation in my head with the magician and literally just like well what do you need you know what are your thoughts on the situation why are you this sort of a way and and just like listen for answers as such which like again sounds a bit fluffy but to me that's just thinking you know yeah. that's just thinking in your head is having a conversation in your head about well what if i did this what would happen then well what do i need now why am i not doing this why is this affecting me you know just thinking in your head in that way um next one then he talks but they talk about is uh invocation uh which is having visual representations of each of your each of the archetypes that sort of inspire you so like it might be like a statue of uh, a, a greek god or something like that or um, mm. a picture of uh, i don't know einstein on your wall like this like i have a picture of einstein on my wall but that'd be like you know a thing that you can sort of see every day and that that reminds mm. you to you know just take account of that uh, aspect of of yourself um and talk about then the next point was admire admiring other men so like men that you find inspirational it's like lean into it a bit and, and sort of allow yourself to admire them because that's probably a, a good example of someone to follow someone that is uh managing these uh, archetypes well and the final part was then acting as if so we talk about acting as if you were yeah. actually good at that archetype so if you're usually finding situations that you're not you know forceful enough or you're not uh you know you're too meek and standing back that might insinuate your warrior uh archetype isn't as strong as it should be and now in the next act- interaction you go into is pretend as if your warrior aspect is really strong uh and it's just leaning into that and yeah i see that as practice of practice of of doing what someone who is good at, at being a warrior or whatever should should be um so yeah i found the, i found found those interesting the practical takeaways yeah i think yeah probably sw- switching from the back to the to the front the thing i found fascinating was the, the patriarchy uh thing at the start mm. of like obviously that's such a a, a loaded word now but the like the way they talked about it was that it's an it's an expression of of the the boy boy psychology and the immature masculine mm-hmm. um rather than you know the man psychology or, or mature masculine and it's like that's we we kind of get get confused in that um and like that 
it's not actually uh, it's it's more the the shadow side than than the fully fully integrated masculinity um but yeah i just thought that was that was interesting yeah. way to, to start it you know what i mean i, I thought it was interesting the way they they seem to define pa- patriarchy as a, a, a in the way that maybe it's it's viewed today of a negative mm. a, a negative thing uh or to me the definition of, of patriarchy is simply that uh, a society that is uh, led by men as opposed mm. to a matriarchy which is a society led by women mm. uh, so to me neither of those would be inherently bad but they have seen yeah. you know, they've seemed to take the definition and they're basically saying the definition of what most people would say of patriarchy which would be a oppressive patriarchy mm. where men are r- running uh, the show as tyrants but yeah. yeah as you say that's that's not yeah and they talk about that's not an overabundance of masculinity that's actually uh an under uh under utilization of the positive aspects of masculinity so so the common sort of solution that's put forward for for dealing with the downsides of oppressive patriarchy that some people would argue you see today is to then take the masculinity out of it and insert femininity instead Whereas mm. I think in this book, a solution they've offered is to say, well, no, actually, we just need to replace the, uh, what would probably call nowadays toxic masculinity. We need to replace yeah, the toxic, yeah, yeah. toxic aspect with mm. the positive aspect and a properly fully developed masculinity that leads well, uh, that takes into account the needs of, of other people, that isn't afraid to make important decisions, that is, you know, able to strategize and uh you know make things better for people in creative ways and is also able to take into account emotions and stuff like that so yeah i think that i think that was interesting as well as you mentioned yeah yeah uh no good stuff uh it, I, I, it's a good book uh i definitely recommend anyone checking out if you're interested in it because it gives you something to a bit of guidance as you say if you're a bit lost with you know what you should be focusing on and uh as a man um sure maybe women will get something out of it too maybe not as much because it's not directed towards that but uh yeah i think you get a good bit out of it on guidance of how to how to live your life a bit better how to feel a bit better about yourself and how to balance out all those sort of um desires and wants and goals that you have uh in a way that's actually going to be productive for yourself and for other people as well yeah i think also yeah just the just putting a, a, a name to the things that you're probably experiencing on an everyday basis. You know, I think that's like where a lot of that sort of anxiety comes from is that you don't, you don't actually know what you're feeling until you start sort of seeking out things and reading things. It's like, uh, I don't know why I feel this way or why I went into that meeting and imagined I was going to be strong and say something. And I ended up just agreeing to do something that, I told my partner I wasn't going to do it was like 10 minutes before. And it's like, ah, oh, that's, that's what happened. I, the, I was, I was being possessed by this shadow side of this, uh, um, archetype or whatever, but it doesn't even have to be that complicated. It's just those wee things yeah. that you read in there. It's like, oh, that's what was happening. And now I know, and now I can kind of go in a different direction and change it. So I think putting names to those things we experience day to day, um in 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 everyday situations is it's just helpful you know to yeah. kind of course correct yourself a wee bit over time 
Absolutely, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, well, we've other things to chat about here, so I'll cut off the recording uh, yeah. and we'll talk about something else uh, next week. Happy days. Good stuff.